Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Not Your Average Critic podcast. My name is Michael, and I'm here with... Mateo Mancia. How's it going, guys? <laughs> yes, and today we have a special guest. Uh, she's a film major, uh, specifically in documentary production. Her name is Alexandra Montemuro, and she's from Brooklyn College. Alexandra, would you like to say hi to our listeners? Sure. Hi, guys. How is everyone doing? I'm very excited <laughs> to be here today. <laughs> today. Alrighty, so I guess let's just get right into an interview. So since our podcast is mostly about reviewing films and other documentaries and stuff like that, we haven't done a documentary yet, but since you are a documentary major, what is your favorite part of making a documentary? Um, I would say most likely it would be uh, the directing. The directing is my favorite part because it gives me a sense of control over the production. Um, Also, the background research, just really getting a sense of what we're going to be filming, uh, what steps we're going to be taking, and also just, you know, making sure we have all our historical facts correct, um, everything's been fact-checked and put into an order that kind of makes sense. So that all happens in pre-production. Cool. Alrighty. Awesome. Alexander, what's your favorite genre of film, if you had to choose one? Uh, If I had to choose one, it would most likely be Golden Age. Um, Golden Age, I feel, is really the print for our modern movie format. Uh, You can't deny that Star Wars and Harry Potter and all of those um, great cinematic treasures that we have today follow a Golden Age format. And although modern technology has made uh, movies like that possible... And storytelling was probably at, at its height in the 70s. Um, you just can't can't have a movie that we have today without going back to that original format. You know, adding um, in, in action voices, you know, color, all of that stuff. So I love Golden Age and I mean, it's Golden Age for a reason. So. Yeah, I think that I, I think that's another thing that makes like a, a Star Wars or something so great is that like they don't use so much like CGI. Right. Like a lot of their props and a lot of the stuff they do is like real molds and real things right. that they actually just film and then kind of make look mm-hmm. like it's real. But, yeah, puppets yeah. and uh, robots. I mean, that's a really big thing now too. Is also robots. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of things people think is actually CGI'd is really clay models that are just added into animatronic um, life life size oh, wow. green green stories and stuff like that. So that's really cool. But um, everything we have today is because of Golden Age. So it's kind of like you can't appreciate modern day media without looking back at where it started. And yeah. my favorite movie is probably Casablanca. So that's probably why I love Golden Age so much because that is so a Golden I guess Age. Like- so your fi- so I guess what your favorite movie would be so your favorite movie would be Casablanca. Yes. Yes. And wh- what is that movie about? I'm, I'm sorry. So it's um it's Ingrid Bergman. It's in the in the 40s and it's um about this guy. He owns like this bar in Morocco. It's a, it's a really great movie. It's um I know I know the name because it's so famous. Yeah. But, uh, it's so terrible to say that I. You've don't never think you've I've never seen Casablanca. I don't think I've ever Ingrid seen Bergman it. is definitely one of my favorite um, actresses. So, like, uh, between the Flying Nun and all that stuff, she's she's definitely... But that's it's pretty much just your typical old 1940s movie. It's it's a great movie. You should really watch it. It's, it's really good. I've cool. seen it. I've yeah. seen it in, I don't know, in, my, in my old college. I've seen it a couple of times. Really good film. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it, it should be a film that was put in my film class, but yeah, we watched. Yeah, and it's like one of those romantic movies, like you know, she meets him, they fall in love. It's like one of your stereotypes. Okay, yeah. so like the classic. Yeah. Okay, I see. What but you're it's saying. like it's yeah. like a warm, it's all like right. a warm, not like a warm movie, but like there's like Nazis involved it's, and all that. Like there's a lot of like yeah, political yeah, stuff going on too. Yeah, it's it's awesome because it's like there's so many different aspects going on, but what keeps the the uh, audience involved is like this romance between them and you know then just having like a golden age uh movie you know the dramatic um music that comes in the background and like the stereotypical lights with like the dramatic look it's it's over animated but it's what like one of my favorite things about golden age film so cool yeah, yeah. Alright, so do you have a favorite kind of like camera use? I know that like documentary, it could either be very, very well budgeted to where you're using, you know, professional grade movie cameras Mm -hmm. or even like, like you can make a complete documentary with an iPhone. Yeah. It's been done. Yeah. iPhones are, have really excellent cameras nowadays. So like, would you say that honestly any well what, what is your favorite camera first um my camera is a canon eos i really like using my canon eos but i'll use that more for um like specific shots and specific scenes or interviews to like see where you want it to look right and and interviews you know where i'm not going to be moving the camera around as much i've used mm-hmm. my iphone for certain um shots but i've also lately i've worked with a a bunch of different GoPro models, uh, the GoPro like Hero 3 in the beginning, that really wasn't that great, but I I just got the GoPro Hero 8, and actually the transition scenes, um, especially when you're doing more like landscape work, or uh, maybe just wanting to put together some time lapses for a montage, that actually has some really great uh, features now. So the GoPros are actually, oh, wow. for the price and everything, it's actually a really good camera. And the size too, it's like totally like... Yeah, and you can, the great thing about GoPros, I mean, I am doing more historical documentaries, so I'm not really uh, flying off cliffs or anything, but just speaking <laughs> from technical, you know, uh, cinematic standpoints, there's so, it's so much versatility that if I was somebody starting out just in making videos that would probably be the first um camera i'd go for is a gopro because there's so many different attachments you can add on as well you know whether you want to buy a light mod modification microphone modification how long is the recording time on um on a gopro like for one whole take do you know or what i'm sorry what was the question how much is like like the time lapse on um on, on like per recording like oh uh, because i have a canon g uh g37x mm-hmm. for example a g7x for example mm-hmm. and if i go to record it it'll go up to like 30 minutes tops or 20 minutes tops and then just like stop the recording oh um for a gopro I, it, it can go as long as the battery is oh awesome it's okay. going from what i've seen like i've done some like hour-long montages like time lapses just oh, from, okay. like driving Perfect. around okay. and stuff awesome yeah so I, I, that's cool yeah i've never had it cut me off like with my canon the cutoff time is like 20 minutes if i don't yeah, stop yeah. it it it'll just cut myself off but i've never had that problem with the gopro so as long as the battery's charged they don't have a huge battery life but um it's a really simple battery changing process and the batteries aren't heavy so you can always carry them around with you and stuff how long, how long does i'm sorry how long does the battery last if you had to say i think it's about an hour and 30 minutes if i remember oh, correctly I mean, so it's not really a, okay you know yeah, it's it's not. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah that's it's pretty. pretty that's decent. Great. Yeah, my, like, and especially when you switch out the battery. Yeah, or my Canon has I think like um, I think I get up to like two hours of video and like for for pictures it lasts days, 
So but compared to that, but I mean, for the size, the price, you know, the versatility. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. yeah. You can bring it literally everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, what is it? Like two inches or three inches big? Yeah, I'd say. It's, it's like, I think it's like, hold on. I think I have it right here. The actual schematics. I'd so say so three and a half. From that, so have you ever, so you, so you said you were creating historical documentaries. Have you ever filmed or edited your own documentary? Not, not um, front to back, like not all the way through, but we've worked mm -hmm. on some smaller um, projects in school and whatnot. And um, as, as you know, I'll, I'll fill you in, Mateo. I'm a huge 1960s, like awesome freak when it comes to all that stuff. Like I love the 1960s. So that's how I really got into this is because I would watch all these documentaries on my spare time. And that's what I really love to do the most I'd say with my free time like I like to watch TV I like to watch movies but I really love to watch documentaries or just more nice. of a informational um, whether it be like blogs or just uh, short videos and whatnot so that's how I really got into this I was watching a lot of documentaries um, I'd say my senior year of high school mm -hmm. about the 60s and 70s and um, then my teacher at the time, my humanities teacher, had us watching a lot of Michael Moore documentaries too. Mm, okay. So yes. I, yeah, I got into, um, you know, just really interested in, in uh, the actual background of how those movies are made. And like I mentioned before, just the fact checking, making sure you have all your dates up to check and everything. So that's really where I started doing that. And that's what I focus on more at school now is the fact checking, not the actual filming, just the yeah, like, production. Like the research from it. Right. I feel like that's like such a big part of documentary is yeah. like really researching right. everything. And we Absolutely. work more in teams in school as well. Like we'll work in groups uh, rather than more one-on-one -on -one projects. But I have been involved in, and I've also made um, some short like travel uh, advice videos as well as more on the oh, documentary cool. style but just you know doing research um, going to places and filming uh, having you know literature attached to it and all that kind of stuff so awesome I feel like that's a very nice. under maybe I don't know if you feel the same way but maybe it's like very it's viewed as very underappreciated or underrated type of job you know, looking up all the facts and everything that's definitely that type of thing. yeah yeah, um, I feel like people don't realize, maybe if you're in the business you do, but just your general uh, audience doesn't realize how much goes into pre-production before the actual filming gets to start. Um, and I kind of like it too because it's almost like the unthought about job, like you said, underappreciated. It's a, people, a lot of people, I think, just, you know, one person researches everything, they throw a script together and then they start interviewing people. but. You know, you really have to take time, make sure, especially if I was to ever, you know, go into working for one of these, um, like PBS or a big network, you really have to make sure everything's historically accurate. Uh, oh, yeah. Fact checking that these people that you're interviewing were really at the event in question, for example, um, and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, man, when, when you put it like that, it's definitely a very, it seems, I mean, I guess at first when people hear, oh, fact checking. It kind of mm -hmm. seems like a very minuscule job at first, especially if it's for film. But once you put it like that, like within that type of um, that type yeah. of scope, excuse me, like you definitely see all the importance in that. So going on to our next question, um, what's your favorite technical aspect about film? Would it be editing, filming, writing, or maybe something else I didn't mention? Um, I would like to say I would probably say editing, just because I feel like that in the editing process, um, since I'm so into the pre-production work. It's nice to see the post-production really come together, 
you know, you see all the work you've done before you went out and actually filmed payoff. And it's, um, it gives you a little bit more control over how everything gets played into, uh, even more than I'd say directing, you know, you really have control over what the final audience sees. So I really appreciate the fact that um, it's the easiest, not the easiest way, but the most conclusive way to see the production start from beginning to end, tying in everything else that I usually do with uh, film production. All right, definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Cool. Definitely from uh, from my perspective, because um, because I produce podcasts for people, so mm -hmm. I so I have to pretty much like set up my equipment for them for clients. Um, pretty much record everything on my camera and on like the monitor I have and everything, and then after if they want a YouTube video for that. I edit everything and editing is definitely, you know, very, very, um, I would say like tedious, very tedious. I would say, well, cause I want to put it like in, in like in a positive aspect. It's a lot of fun too, but it can be very tedious, yeah, uh, yeah. gruesome sometimes. And you do have to pay attention to, you know, little details to make sure that it's, it looks spotless and it looks, um, it looks like that looks like natural and smooth and all that. So I could definitely, you know, I appreciate good editing or good editors when I see them. So, you know, hats off to you for that. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a lot of fun. And I think it's also the area that I've grown the most because in the beginning, I mean, iMovie and whatnot, like simple things I was able to use, but I've really been able to tap into different, um, you know, softwares and that kind of stuff and just really expand my skills to uh, something where coming from a performing arts background, a lot of the other skills I already had in my repertoire. So it was where I was able to grow the most as a creator. Awesome, can't can't argue against that. Yeah, that I, this is all amazing. So I would say my last question for our interview to wrap it up: What kind of documentary? What kind of documentaries are you looking to produce in the future? Like, what what is your idea? I think you said it before. Yeah, I I did. I'll have you say it again. I did tap into it before, but I would say just because um. <laughs> For a while there, I was also double majoring between history and uh, documentary production, you know, film production. I really wow. would like to focus on historical documentaries. Um, it's where my passions lie more than, um, you know, uh, there's financial documentaries. There's so many different, but specifically cultural historical documentaries, um, mm -hmm. you know, for example. You have a lot of World War II documentaries that talk about the actual politics, the... Um, what it was like, you know, for an example, for America, women having to work because their husbands had to go fight. But there's, when it comes to the cultural aspect of what the time, what the everyday person went through at that time, living in the countries affected, we only really get to see that either through books or fictional movies, fictional dramas, romantic mm -hmm. comedies. There really isn't historical documentaries that are specifically accurate to what the everyday person's life was like which in context to let's say the war or even going jumping to vietnam the cultural the cultural um feeling of the time was so important to the war and had so much emphasis on what was going on in politics that it's i think it's kind of crazy that there's a lack of historical documentaries in that genre so historical documentaries but focusing more on you know cultural um cultural feelings like you know the food of the time music of the time all that stuff i've also really been looking into lately um more like late 18 early 1900 europe and what was going on there and that kind of Ooh, stuff and yeah, yeah. From, not from a po political side just from more of like art music food language 
uh, you know, how countries were starting to trade with each other and all that stuff. So that's interesting. Yeah, that's wow. Really Th that is a lot. A lot. And it just it it it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm a jumper. I I have a hard time staying focused on one thing, so I like to make sure I have a lot going on. All right, awesome, definitely. Yeah, I would not be able to do something <laughs> like that. So, um, that concludes our interview. Uh, we are going to talk about, next we're going to get into Black Mirror, Hated in the Nation, Season 3, Episode 6. Great episode, by the way. So, would you like to join us? Yes. Great episode. So, would you way. like to join us in on that? Sure, yeah. I thought, I all agree, that was an awesome episode. Alrighty, yeah, you watched it. So... Hated in the Nation is an episode inside the, I guess, anthology series that is Black Mirror. So Black Mirror is pretty much, I guess it's the Black Mirror, which is the screen of your TV, your phone, your computer. That's the Black Mirror. And it's just about like kind of weird and just like terrible things that can happen to us in the distant future with what technology can become. So... We watched this episode, Hated in the Nation, and let's just say it's insane. Mm -hmm. Mateo, any first thoughts before we get into it? First, yeah, first off, the I think with Black Mirror in general, for people who haven't watched it, it's kind of like a futuristic version, or a pre I would say present to futuristic version of the Twilight Zone, if anyone's ever seen the Twilight Zone. Yeah. But, almost, but only like in the Twilight Zone, there were like things that were happening that, like out-of-body experiences that... You may or may not believe, depending on what your spirituality is, but I think with Black Mirror, you know, it's technology-based. It's it's kind of technology being used against us. Like, it's kind of like, it's, it's technology kind of, and like AI in general kind of, you know, being used for the wrong reasons. And us kind of like being like, you know, only realizing it when like the worst of the worst it's too late. happen. Yeah, exactly. So, I, it, it, you know what's crazy though, with this episode in, in particular, not to get out any spoilers, but you know, I think it could, it could happen. Like, we'll, we'll get into exactly what it is I'm, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I think it it was so frightening because I'm like, wow, like that could that could, that could little, I give it like about like a 95 percent chance that could actually happen in real life if it hasn't already maybe happened like a similar situation that has already hasn't already happened before. But you know, overall, great episode. Definitely opened my eyes a lot. Yeah. So like, I guess like I the closest thing to like kind of like futuristic technology attack that i know of can be this ex-boyfriend had the control of like the alexa the lights the doorbell and the ring camera on his girlfriend's house his ex-girlfriend's house and like she would be home and he would be controlling the lights and he would do something and like she had to file a restraining order and the stuff to like uh get him to stop because like this is a real thing so like that's just like a glimpse of what can happen like your ex-boyfriend controlling your house from his phone mm -hmm. so let's just that yeah that that's like an example so i guess the beginning of the episode starts off like in a courtroom and it's kind of just like the main character sitting there and she's about to do a, a deposition or not not a deposition she's about to just she's about to do a hearing for something yeah, testify. and then it kind of, yeah she's about to testify thank you and she's gonna and it's going to go back and then it kind of goes back in time so it flashbacks so it's clearly what we're watching is in the past and the courtroom is actually what's happening now do you guys like flashbacks in a show or is it kind of like throw you off was it do you think they it worked out in this episode um i definitely like flashbacks i think it if anything makes the audience a little bit more invested cuz you 
as long as it's not too much of a flashback mm-hmm. where you kind of already know what's going to happen, the cliff uh, hangers for some people, it's almost like you can't walk away now because you somewhat know the ending, but now you have to see how it got there. Um, mm-hmm. I find, like, especially if I'm watching, you know, a regular show and one of the episodes in this season, let's say, starts in the beginning and, you know, then they do a quick flashback, I really enjoy those because they kind of... You yeah. have this sense of completion after watching it where, like, everything has come to, 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 to fruition, so to speak. So I personally like flashback episodes. Cool. Yeah. What do you think, Mateo? For, in general, I do like flashbacks because it, it explains... Well, obviously, I think, like, it gives a glimpse or explains, like, the, the exact situation or the climax of what's about to happen. In this case, you know, I thought it was very fitting because at first, like, in the first scene, you show out... What, what's the name of the first detective? I forgot. The, the main investigator? Karen, uh, Karen Pike. Pike. Her name. Her first name. Her first. Her first name is Karen. Okay. All right. So let's just call it. So Karen. So for Karen Ka- Parker, I think. Right. Karen Park. Oh, Park. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so there we go. Yeah. So. All right. So Park. She. All right. So like when you when you first see her, right? She's outside of a courtroom. She looks like nervous or scared or something. Cause there's like mm-hmm. a very like glimpse. Like she. There's like a a, a, shot, a scene shot where. She's a very glimpse face, and she has, she has to come in. It reminded me of that scene in Ratched when that guy was waiting outside. Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. It was very similar to that. So, yeah, so he's waiting outside. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, obviously, when she goes into the courtroom, it's not just like a regular, like, court hearing, where it's like, like an actual judge and jury and all that. So, you know, it's not like, like a, she's not, like, being called into a crime, per se, but you do Yeah, know, it's like yeah. something big. It's like something else. Yeah, but you know it's something huge. And we've seen these type of, like, te- um, um these types of court hearings with people like Mark Zuckerberg, with people like, you know, with other types of like tech people who, you know, they might be not found under a crime, but they are like, obviously the government wants to know exactly what, what's going on with something like that. So I think for viewers, we're very familiar to seeing that those type of de- depositions for the most part. And yeah, opening, yeah, then when it goes to the flashback, it kind of explains of like what the crime is. And you find out, okay, she's a detective. Something must have happened for her to even to be in a courtroom in the first place. And then towards the end of the, towards the end of the series, everything kind of flips back around, back to like present time of deposition. Things start to make more sense. So I thought it was a very good start to it, and it, it brings in a lot of um, a lot of like suspense. Like it kind of like it intrigues yeah, your and interest. Like oh, yeah, and like yeah, it piques your interest right off the bat. So I thought it was a good first scene. It was needed. Yeah, I I agree too, and I like how it cuts straight into just p- views of the internet and news articles and news cast like news people talking about this uh joe powers that wrote some article and she is just being i guess what we would call it today she's being canceled mm-hmm. online yeah exactly no and yeah, so canceled in real life too yeah yeah so she was being online they had a whole petition there was like 20,000 people that signed this petition to have her fired and have her thing because she because she went against somebody with disabilities or something like that and do you do you see a correlation between the show and what's happening now in real life yeah a hundred percent um I find it really interesting just talking about what she actually wrote about there was a a person a lady who died that was big in disability rights and she stated her unpopular opinion about it uh now this episode does take place in england obviously so their laws are a little different here but i think it's really interesting how right away whether somebody's saying something so out of pocket or they're saying something that might have some factual backing to it 
right away, especially nowadays online, if people don't agree with the narrative, obviously hers was a little harsh, but just talking about how it relates to our world, yeah, yeah. Uh, if somebody doesn't agree with your narrative or the agenda you're trying to push, there's this like huge cyber storm to get canceled. And half the time people don't even know, like, you know, the really the background story, it's just people see somebody post about something, so they yeah. just want to join the, the storm and they want to cancel everybody. And it almost gives people like, especially nowadays with you know everybody being home a sense of like purpose like every day you go online and there's like another like social media star being canceled or somebody else or this person that person it's just it's it's just something for people to unless they, it's something they truly believe against and have their reasons and that's usually not the case with the large large cases of people getting canceled but it's just like if you're not agreeing exactly with what everybody's saying you know being socially correct and all these um Certain stipulations I feel like people have to follow when they post anything anywhere nowadays. You know, you might have the the storm of ca- the being canceled, so to speak, coming for you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a very good point, especially with the whole cancel culture thing. Because I've had I've had conversations with people about cancel culture. I think it's the it's, I think it's one of the worst things that I guess our generation has come up with because. Again, like like you said, it's almost every single day we're canceling something to the point where, let's say we were to cancel somebody today, we will forget about the person next week or something like that. Unless, like you know, there's 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 certain cases like you know, well, of course, you know, things, you know, like after a certain amount of months or years, some of the you know people still have fresh in their minds, you know, why they want to cancel a certain person. But it's almost like oh, it's yeah. almost like every week, like in a, even in a show, they um, right like in the analytics on social media, they po- they had like the most like hated people on social media based on based on uh, on the on the hashtag that they used and it was like yeah the, so exactly yeah. so it was like the prime the minister hashtag, yeah, so it was so like prime minister it was somebody else and somebody else and somebody else and somebody else it was like and it's kind of like all right cool like yeah we could like you know bash people all day and stuff like that but you know why is nothing being done about like those people aren't in jail they're not being punished and stuff like that so for me it's like social media jail is kind of like it's something that doesn't work really for the most part mm-hmm and so yeah, about the hashtag. So when when people were trying to cancel Joe Powers, they were tweeting or whatever their tweet Twitter platform was. They were tweeting hashtag death to, and then Joe Powers. So these people were literally wishing death upon this woman. Mm-hmm. And something else that actually happened. She she when she was arriving home, I thought this was cool. The camera like pulls up, and a, another they you see like a. a a bakery van and she gets a delivery for a cake and she brings a cake inside and on the cake it says effing b in like it's like a beautiful cake with fondant this ribbon and it looked delicious it did but like would you eat that 100 <laughs> percent. if i'm joe powers or someone like like that no i'm not eating it i'm throwing it out yeah i feel like it could it have had poison or something i mean she did eat it and thank god nothing happened the but only like, reason i don't think so is because if you look at and maybe this is just because like i'm a very uh i fixate on small details they came from like a bakery with an actual van that had its name on it and so like, it would have yeah, been, been trapped back, okay like, yeah you know it's so it's just a gesture it's I guess. just a gesture and like at that point like 
like you even said, it was a beautiful cake. You can tell it was professionally done. Um, you could tell by just like the level of advertising and contact information that was on the van and just, you know, how nice the van was done. It was a real bakery that was, they even referenced in the show, uh, I think a few minutes after how expensive that bakery was. So I'm sure it was a well-known bakery if people already know the price range and everything. If someone sent me a cake, or even if I was her and I was getting canceled, that said like, you know, an, obscen an obscenity on it, I would be like, all right, well, I guess you spend 80, 80, well, there, it's pounds, <laughs> exactly. so 80 pounds yeah, on no, a cake, yeah, thank absolutely. you so much, like. Yes. Yeah, no, th that is definitely, and yeah, no, that is definitely, I, like, first of all, like, when, when I saw it, I laughed, because I'm like, damn, like, well, okay, I laugh because that happens every single day to somebody. I'm pretty sure, like. The president or I, I don't know like well especially him but like let, let's say i don't know, like him for example he probably gets well for him it's a little different because he's a president so he's not gonna get like packages left and right from people but like you <laughs> yeah, know how much like getting straight to him you know, like i'll probably like, some white house yeah. friends is probably like you know fuck you this and that whatever like, calling him names and stuff like that like people just like sp again people spending their time to insult somebody like, like yeah literally you're spending your whole time your whole day hours minutes of your life you know shitting on somebody that you know doesn't even know who you are so yeah, so I mean, I don't know. But the cake, I don't know. Me being like a cautious person that I am, I don't know, I would've been like, damn. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't so... have eaten the cake. Like, her husband even said to her, like, oh, like, don't, like, you wanna eat that? And she's like, what? Like, yeah, her husband cake? was <laughs> even the one who was like, nah, you shouldn't eat that. You know what's crazy but, though? Like, um, um, when when she, she joked around with the delivery guy, she said, um, oh, is it gonna detonate or something? I was like, that's the first thing I thought, I was like, there's a bomb in there. Bomb in there. <laughs> it's gonna blow up or something. I like that. literally thought that too. Yeah. So I was. So even which is crazy about that scene is because um, I was on like I was at the edge of my seat already, not even knowing what was gonna happen. Even though like what ended up happening was even was 15 times more crazy than than what I thought it was gonna yeah, be. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was crazy. So yeah. So after the cake, we get introduced. It's in, in like a cool way how like the camera goes out of her house and then just kind of shows this like bee flying, but it's not a normal bee. It's like this robot bee. And then you hear on the news to kind of help you understand what this robot bee is, is that this company has released these robot bee drones because most of, like I think all of their bees have gone extinct. And obviously if bees go extinct, which they are now, then a lot of the ecosystem would be affected. So there's these robot bees that are flying everywhere and pollinating stuff. So what would you guys think that we would do something like that now if bees were to go extinct, Mateo? I think we already have the technology for it. And the reason you definitely. I definitely think we do, because, well, because I was actually asking myself this like recently too. Um, Hollywood seems to kind of predict a lot of, a lot of things. Not just, I think from like a technology basis type of thing. I'm not talking about mm -hmm. like 1950s. Oh, by like the year 2000, we're gonna have like flying cars. Like I mean, like like that type of thing. But I mean like very subtle, very subtle, small little things. So for me, it's, it's almost like you know, and like these people from Black Mirror, like where where do they get? They have to get inspiration from somewhere. Especially if it's if it's um if it's like a if it's like a present like a modern day to not so futuristic um you know plot or point of view like distant future yeah yeah that, that's what makes black mirror so scary it's like distant future it's not even like future future it's like just right there yeah if it was like three year 3000 then you know realistically none of us really care because no no one's gonna be here no you're good uh robot bees Yeah, so with, techno with technology, like, yeah, so with Hollywood and 
kind of like predicting or making like plots up with these like this like foreign technology and stuff like that i don't think we're that we're that, we're that far off and yeah, i think someone from black mirror or from netflix probably knows somewhat of what's going on like you know behind yes. the scenes or did some research to a certain extent Th- and stuff like that there's i feel like there's so much stuff that technology now that the public just does not know yeah, absolutely. And like I said before, you know, bees and such and other animals and insects who do, you know, like protect the planet and all that, they are going extinct. So, you know, for us, for human beings right now, you know, what's what's you know, what what's the backup plan? What's a plan B for that type of stuff? And for us it's like it's always been for the most part, technology. So uh, yeah, I could definitely see robotic bees definitely being mm-hmm. introduced into our like daily ecosystem for the most part. Same. Yeah, there's something actually really interesting that you said where, um, you know, as far as inspiration comes from, I feel like the saying life imitates art used to be true, but nowadays it's more like art imitates life. I feel like a lot of um, that, like, I totally agree with a lot. Somebody at Netflix or Black Mirror probably knows something that the general public doesn't know. And it's almost in a way like conditioning the general public for the possibility of what's to come and you see this a lot i know like obviously like people will make funny memes about it and stuff but just like the simpsons and whatnot like the parallels between real life and things that are being predicted in the near future like we said Mm -hmm. are like uncanny it's really insane (laughs) like yes so from robot bees to the discovery of Joe Powers brutally, m- supposedly murdered in her apartment. She has her throat slit. She's dead on the floor, and we don't know what happened. So, from there, the detectives start investigating. Now, because after this hashtag of death to Joe Powers started going around, she's now dead, like literally. So, when they find out who sent the cake, they go and they find out that it's like a, a, a an, an, an elementary school teacher. So and and then they also find out that she crowdfunded the money like money. So she got money from a moms and cares Facebook group or something like that. So do you think that's weird that like uh, a, an elementary school teacher or like a moms and cares Facebook group would put money together to like send a cake with that terrible saying on it to somebody? Absolutely, and I actually found it a little, well, funny in a sense, and a little ironic, but also a little, it's a little sad because um, in, in, this, in Black Mirror in general, it's not just like the murder or the exact situation that could possibly happen. I think it's like what caused it in a culture around what's going on in the actual show and actual plot. That's that made that you know that's very familiar to everybody. Like that type of hate, like we, like we were talking about before, like that cancel culture. You know that, that type of stuff so with this with, with this elementary school teacher it was for me it was like comical in a sense because in a way like and she was te- she's teaching like like young kids like i i assume that because you you see the kids you know running around like at the recess and all that so i'm assuming that they're at least like from the ages of six to i would say no more than eight years yeah old. like kindergarten it looks like yeah so for me it's kind of like you know you can't tell kids to, you know, to share, play nice with people, you know, don't bite on this person's hair, you know, like little silly stuff like that. But in the meantime, you're here like in a Facebook group chat after work, um, you know, organizing money to send 
some TV personnel or writer or blogger um, a cake that says, you know, fuck you, piece of shit, blah, blah, you know, all, you know, all that type of stuff. So for me, it's kind of like we need to teach the teachers or like the adults how to behave. So how are those adults yeah. and teachers and professionals who go to school for, you know, teaching kids? How is it that we have to tell them, hey, listen, um, you know, act like a mature adult. That to me is like frightening. And to me, you know, obviously, I think we've all we've all had like a, our share of teachers who, you know, are good teachers and bad teachers. Everyone has, has had professors, um, teacher or superiors, adults in general who are, you know, are immature. Like if it wasn't for their age, you would think that they were like they carry themselves like children or something. So I think that, you know, and the Internet technology, obviously, everyone, everyone's a tough guy on, on Instagram. Everyone's, a, you know. Uh, a keyboard gangster and all that like you know online and everything you know no one really has the guts to say anything to your face and stuff like that so for me you know it's black mirror this episode does does a great job at at putting it into within that perspective because you know it's not you know i think that i think the problems we're having we're having you know like as a country and and as a planet in general it's just people being immature online. It's not just kids or teenagers or people our age, yeah. you know, acting out online. It's also older people like acting out online. So, yeah, again, episode does a great job of doing that, and, and it ma- it makes a lot of sense for like when like the the climax of the episode starts to hit. Yeah. So then, right after that, after Joe Powers is canceled, you see a clip on TV of this rapper. His name is Tusk. And they show, it's like an Ellen DeGeneres type show, and they have like a a fan backstage, and they show him like a clip of the fan dancing, and the rapper totally just like says like, nah, that kid's a terrible dancer, like he sucks, that's the (laughs) worst dancer I've ever seen. And like the kid's literally backstage, and like the audience starts reacting, and just like, he starts, he literally, he immediately starts getting canceled online, let's just say that. So then he starts getting the hashtag death to put at him and like yeah. well, so Mateo what, what I heard you laughing what did you think about that alright so like that whole scene in general like there's a couple things that stood out I think Black Mirror is very like on point it's been very on point this whole yes. episode in general Tusk sounds like a rapper type of name like a European rapper type of name well you found out he's American but like I don't know I thought it was they're very creative with the, with, with the rap name cause you know I, I yeah I, like I, it I, totally yeah, fit I internet at a recording studio so I could definitely see like Oh, you know, Tusk is coming in today. You know, something like that. So I thought it was very creative <laughs> on, on their part. So you know, whoever came up with the name, scripting, and all that, you know, shouts to you. Pretty good, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that scene was just like it sucks to say, but it was actually like one of the more funnier scenes in the, the whole it episode. Was pretty just because, like you said, it was like Ellen DeGeneres type of show, and like you have the kid like backstage, you see his like face like on a monitor behind him. Like he's dressed up dressed like exactly him. <laughs> like he's dressed not only in the music video but like how Tusk is dressed like during the interview, <laughs> sitting which there. sucks. And then like you see the kid all like nervous and excited, and then like the the interviewer is like showing Tusk like, oh hey look at this cute kid you know the dance moves and all that, and usually when it comes to like seeing how little kids like dance or perform or do anything usually like you know obviously older adults are more of like have more empathy for the because obviously it's a little kid that like emulates you so even if you even if you think oh yeah this dance moves are trash you're not gonna say it but the fact that Tusk is straight up said in front of a whole TV <laughs> yeah. audience nah this kid is trash at that age I was <laughs> a way better dancer <laughs> I was like I don't know I, like, I, I couldn't help but laugh I don't know I, I felt kind of felt I laughed too bit, I laughed yeah well Tusk ends up you know getting what he deserves so mm-hmm. it, you know it was with the last laugh yeah, yeah and yeah. I feel like it's it goes to show you too like we touched before um, are you canceling someone because they have facts to 
base on it, even if it's a narrative you don't agree with, this Joe, Joe Powers was writing about, like, you know, certain things that she really didn't agree with this one person on. Or are you canceling someone because they're just a terrible human being? You know, like, yeah, I feel like you when you when it comes to someone just being like, just rude, arrogant and entitled, that's like one thing, you know, and I thought it was really interesting how they touched on, you know, not only cancel culture in the storm but the different types of people that are being canceled the different reasons why people are canceled and it kind of goes to show you like is it that people just can't handle having a conversation with someone who has a different opinion than them or is it because that person is genuinely not a good person exactly so yeah so then right after that it cuts to other scenes but then we'll go to the scene where it's Tusk walking through I guess like a backstage parking garage of the venue that he must be recording at and he meets out with his friend and his friend offers him like a joint and he smokes the joint and then freaks out and like breaks down and then just screams get out of my head so like what, what was your first thought when that happened do you think it was like the drugs like what was that i thought the the joint was laced yeah <laughs> At first, and I was like, "Oh, that's it right there." But then, you know, obviously, you found out that we, like five minutes later, that's not that wasn't the case. But yeah, that was, that was my first. That was my first um, a reaction. And which, which is, uh, listen again, Black Mirror does a great job at this. Um, we don't know yet what caused the death of of uh, of Powers. Exactly. So with Tusk and with Tusk, it's kind of like you could kind of see that he's gonna die or something's gonna happen to him because he was such a prick before, but you didn't know what it was. So yeah, I thought he, he was the most hashtag death dude. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. At first, I thought it was like the person who was killing all these people was like they were doing like separate ways. I thought I thought a joint was gonna kill him for some reason, but then the guy before him was smoking that, so I so you know that exactly. theory goes he out the window. But at I, first, like yeah, but at first, if you're jumpy to like know what happened, you think okay, joint, but then you know obviously it wasn't the case. At first, like it, because he's like paranoid. Uh, because I guess, you know, being in America, like, you know, weed is illegal. And I guess wherever they were, it was legal because the guy even says, like, you know, like, chill out. It's legal here. Um, and that theory, I, I first, like, for a split second. Or maybe it's just the future. Right, yeah, for a split second, I um, I thought, uh, okay, the joint. But then I was like, no, that guy is fine. I thought, I don't know if you noticed, but, like, he kind of walks away for a second. I thought, like. Well, yeah, he tried to get out of the camera because yeah. the guy, because I guess he's famous. He's a camera. Yeah. So then all. So yeah. I thought maybe somebody, like, not injected him with something, but, like, had something on the. F- like, like a, a guard or something like that. Or, like, you know, like, um, had something on the. F- I've seen, like, other episodes where, like, they'll have something, like, on the floor. Like, you know, that people will step on, like, a needle or something like that. So I thought mm-hmm. maybe it was, like, something, like, really minimal that you don't see, don't even expect just because the other guy was perfectly fine. And like they would have yeah, had yeah. to measure down to like the exact second per like inhale that if they were gonna lace him through drugs, for example. Oh, like, you know, that would be way too difficult. Yeah, that would be virtually impossible. Yeah, yeah I mean, listen, like, like, listen, like, like why does that made absolutely no sense but at first, like at the, at the first mm-hmm. thought, you'd think, damn, he was laced. But then you know, obviously that wasn't the case. But also, but yes. which, I wanted to bring up a point where you brought before, Alexandra. Um, yeah, yeah. Or was it Michael with, um, with the camera? I think it's crazy because he looks at a camera and says surveillance. And to me, like, I just, and I, I just picked this up by the way, so thank you. Like, the whole episode is kind of about surveillance and the fact that the government has so much information on everybody. 
So he's not seeing his yeah. surveillance as in like paparazzi or or cameras or tabloids because you know he's a rapper. Every almost almost every rapper smokes weed. I can tell you that for a fact. It's more of like oh surveillance. Like is it illegal for me to be smoking? And if it is illegal to be for me to be smoking, there's a camera right there that a whole government data uh, database has, and you know whatever um, consequences. Which that's an interesting word as well. Consequences kind of like could end up happening. So for me mm-hmm. it was kind of like. Black Mirror again. They st- they start jabbing you with like the important little details that they want you to walk away with. It's not just the bees. So far, it's kind of like, why are the bees there? You know, why is that technology there? You know, why is the that surveillance of having every single person and tracking every single person and a hashtag being linked to so many people? It's like there's no sense of privacy anymore. If you if you post something, if you do something over the internet, over the phone, then they have that tracked uh-huh. on you like you know, forever. If they want to use it, if they want to use it against you, they can use it against you. If not, then, you know, I guess you're safe or good for now. And it's really interesting because yeah. that point that you bring up, we've been talking about this episode as being in the in the near future. But as far as like surveillance on the general public goes, we're already there. You know, maybe <laughs> yeah. not oh, oh, as much with like, yes. you know, the you know, everything else. But as far as like your phones, you know, I mean, I actually was like watching the news and they found some guy who killed someone through literally because they have like an insane tracking system on every bridge and tunnel that you know every car that leaves they know i mean you see like you know the security cameras all over um you know it's just it's really crazy especially when it comes to our phones i everybody knows but i don't think we really know in a sense of like we forget sometimes how much our phones can let big brother so to speak know about us you know our our like the iCloud, for example, everything's hooked up to each other. You know, you go on Google, you type in one thing, the ads are everywhere. I mean, it's it's getting to a point where there's like no sense of privacy anymore when it comes to anything. Like, so it's it's really interesting that it's almost like a conditioning method where they tell you like, oh yeah, like obviously this is like the near future or a possibility, but some of the stuff that they are experiencing or the reactions people are having are reactions people should be having now because surveillance is everywhere. so then back to tusk so then when after he freaks out and like smokes that stuff they take him to the mri machine and when they bring him the mri machine something comes ripping out of his head and now he's dead so that no no rhyme intended but so when they discover that it's the bee that was inside of his head what what did you guys think that was insane to me he was kind of like um like like i don't know like kind of like a james bond super spy type of thing where it's like the most minimalistic thing i mean i, I thought it was very creative but at the same time i was like damn so like someone's like i see what it is someone's literally you know controlling this bee and going from person to person just killing them and stuff like that but for me it also it also aroused a lot of questions like just like the detectives in the, in the show um excuse me i thought it was it like raised a lot of questions. I was definitely, I was like, okay, like you know, like a rapper and like a famous like controversial blogger. You know, what do they really have in common? And like other than the fact that they had done things that were looked down upon upon social media. So, like you know, the, the detectives were confused with that too because you know it didn't really make any sense. And I, th- I thought the the doctors and the 
in the like they were doing the CAT scan, they were operating like the machine and everything. I thought they were way too calm about the situation. Like how does something like I don't think I don't know if people die that often like during MRIs and stuff like that, but they made it seem like it was normal. Like ah yeah, you just you know bleeding, just passed away, just died. <laughs> it so blood was, all over the MRI. Machine. Yeah, like I, like I don't know, like I I would think that you were supposed to get an MRI to prevent death. I don't I don't know you could die. Freak out, that's, yeah. That's, that sucks. If you, I mean, you, people probably have died unfortunately like in during CAT scans and stuff like that, but. I don't know. I yeah. mean, I've gone a CAT scan before on my on my ankle, so yeah. So well, an M- <laughs> not the MRI, most like, comfortable situation. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, an MRI is more like a you know it's a giant magnet. So I magnet, I think yeah. once they you can tell like right away they see what it is. I think like you know obviously being doctors you know they have like a certain level of cognitive thinking. I feel like they knew right away this was something bigger than right. just the MRI killing him. And it's really interesting because. You know, the first person to really make the connection in the show is um, is the doctor. You know, he's yeah, he goes straight to Joe and, and, you know, starts investigating. And then it's kind of the detective's job after to piece together what the common links are. But he's really the one that finds the common cause, so... Absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. Absolutely. And uh, also, like what you said before, like the x-ray... Oh, not the x-ray, but like... um. It's the image they had on a computer that was like reading his reading his brain. There's a huge slash like that went like across yeah. like, towards his ear. Like, but, it, but obviously it. it was very noticeable because of course like when you X-ray somebody, you know, it's very minor things you might pick up, but for it to be that noticeable, that means that you know, and you see like in a, like in, in, the, in the next shot that like it literally went like across to his eyes and stuff like that, like from his ears, like out through his eyes and all that. And with the with the magnet piece, it would make sense that maybe like the V got deactivated or started malfunctioning or started you know like going crazy or like you know probably like caught on fire or something you know because all that all that um you know yep. electricity and all that type of stuff but yeah i mean definitely a very eye-opening scene as well yeah so then after that it goes into like now everybody on twitter is using this hashtag death too because of somebody and the girl right now is this girl that took a picture of herself like peeing on some sort of like war war memorial. She was like imitating herself like peeing on it. And now everyone's putting hashtag death two for her online. And it's just another example of people being canceled. And it's like something someone would do today is do something stupid with something of, of value. And then people automatically would cancel you online. Yeah, I mean, but other, yeah, I'm sorry, but the other, the other yeah, side no, no, of that too. Go. Yeah, the other side of that too, I think, is like, again, like people, like you know, why do people get canceled per se, or why do people, why why do regular people get canceled, or why do like normal everyday people get, you know, exactly. shit for so many things? It's because they go out of their way to do stupid, disrespectful things for likes and for a laugh on Instagram stuff like that. So I think like you know, uh, the episode does a really good job of of, of showing or mirroring, and it shows, yeah. Sides. It shows that she's just a normal girl because once the cops realize that, like, the bees are connected to the hashtag and everything, they go to her house and when they call her on the phone, she's just kind of, like, chilling in her living room, just, like, looking at her Twitter, trying to roll up a J to, like, relax. And she just... She's just, like, a normal teenager who did something stupid and is now being just trashed online. Yeah. And then they have to take her to a literal safe house, but, like... Since the bees are all over the country, I'm like, how is that going to happen? And unfortunately, she winds up getting killed from the bees. So now what they have to do is figure out 
who is doing this with the bees and then when they go to the company which is the adi which is the robot bee factory it's called adi they kind of find out that the government is spying on the public which we were talking about before so like these robot bees are spying on people and it's now that the government has thousands and thousands of miniature cameras just flying around everywhere that can go anywhere and do anything pretty much yeah isn't that insane no 100 percent. and i think we haven't really brought up blue yet um but she's like a new um right that's her name blue the oh, second yeah, detective yeah. She's, yeah, blue. She's, she's like a millennial yeah she's um she's like new onto the force so she's a shadow um and it's just interesting you know obviously it's really great uh screenwriting because her background is in technology and it's like oh perfect the technology episode you know they have someone whose background in technology yeah, yeah, just yeah. starting but she's really the person that that the doc like we touched on before the doctors figure out the connection with the bees and like the uh cause of death but she is really the first person who who notices the trend with the death too who who yeah. kind of puts into perspective that the death too hashtag can actually materialize to actual death to this person and um yes. she's the person who calls out the guy i forget his name the you know head technician so to speak in the adi um factory that says like he's because he even tries to play it off he's like oh no it's there's it's no cameras sensors. and she's like it's cameras and thank god she was on their team because she was really able to pinpoint every single mm-hmm. oh he was almost talking in code in the beginning you can tell his guard was yeah. definitely up because i guess he wasn't sure really why they he was being looked into so she was really able to pinpoint and almost call him out on his nonsense and mm-hmm. be like no this because is what even, you're saying yeah because you saw karen was kind of like i guess like social media illiterate like she would say stuff and she wouldn't understand the trends or she wouldn't understand what it is karen i would say is at least like maybe 10 to 15 years older older than blue Mm -hmm. blue's probably like 25 (laughs) blue is a millennial and karen's a boomer (laughs) (laughs) like i mean i I don't think karen's that old no yeah she's not a boomer boomer. she's not i would i would would think that i would think that like that blue is definitely like yeah like social media expert just young Mm -hmm. and like younger and i think younger people just have a bit more understanding of social media consequences as well more than like, like its benefits and she was just you know like great detective like she was just really you know on her shit and really you know understood exactly kind of was going on and she did press the guy from um from adi because it's funny yeah. because like the guy from the people like the way that adi was kind of set up you know even though it's a fictional company that was very um very precise as well it kind of reminded me of, of like a google campus or like an apple campus even like the way they were the way they were yeah like the way they were speaking and the way they were like explaining things to make it seem like they weren't liable for anything and all and of how that futuristic yeah like that very like um that techie we're not spying on you but yet we know all this information that, that <laughs> kind of like that kind of like excuse that we've kind of seen like the yes. Mark, Mark, Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg like kind of like whenever he defends himself with Facebook that that kind of like rhetoric yep. type of speech like so, I thought you know, the same way yeah so. So yeah, I think I, I was yeah, very so, iffy about that company at first too. I was like, hmm, there's something kind of like not right yeah. with that company. That's so like Alexandra said in the beginning. She she thought that she the lady was kind of in. Oh on yeah, a hundred percent. I thought that lady was in on it because the way she was speaking, it was almost like before Blue really got involved in the conversation when she was just sp- speaking to Karen. I guess it's his assistant or whatever. She was just mm-hmm. like being almost. Um, 
looking down on Karen like she even if she was involved she would be able to get away with it because Karen wouldn't understand what was going on that's yeah, just yeah, the impression yeah. I got from her mm-hmm. so then uh, yeah so back to after that girl that uh, imitated peeing on the memorial died and pretty much the internet realized that like this hashtag actually works they started going crazy with the hashtag and then you see like a room with like a politician I'm not sure who his name is but you have him at like a board table and they have on the TV the news is literally rep- literally reporting like the top five most hashtag death to people and this politician is number one which means that later in the day the bees are going to come to kill him so he's at this table trying to figure out smear campaigns trying to trying to um trying to figure out things how to get himself off the top of the list and that like uh there's 387 people that tweeted this hashtag in general so like what do you guys think about that because i feel like if if that hashtag was real today and there was a politician on it do you think they would be trying everything to get themselves off the top yes i think and i think again like i think that this this episode for me like almost almost every single aspect i'm like either that's already happened it's happening right now or it's happened in the past to a certain extent i think like the that whole smear campaign okay let's try to get somebody else that doesn't look as shitty as me like that's just politics 101 to be honest and like mm-hmm. yeah and that not, not just politics within our government but that's also politics within the music industry within entertainment within sports you know damn like i look like shit right now because of you know x y and z reason who's done worse or who's whatever or who can we who's like a um an opponent of mine or an adversary or somebody who we could just throw under the bus so we're you know so exactly. we're clear or like and and i got the, that I they will the, literally the die yeah like the chancellor even said let's just shut down social media that i mean like for me like, pull, I, he I, said let's yeah. pull a north korea yeah, Let's no, pull a North that, Korea. that was that was funny, but yeah, for for me it's like, damn, like so everyone has to give up their civil liberties, and also their livelihood because people make money off of social media. Like, I mean, like I market my yep. my services on social media. I'm sure we've all used social media. You know, for any doc any documentary you have nowadays, you're gonna want to post about it or like just for marketing and stuff like that. So you yep. wanna you wanna you know pull the plug on people's livelihoods and like just freedom of speech and just everything that we were supposed to stand against as like as a not only as a country but as like the world per se as a democracy just because you are looked at unfavorably by the people who put you in the office in the first place that's that to me like just screams arrogance and for me it was kind of like damn like well people really want you dead like for exact reasons so instead of him like you know trying to fix his ways and kind of learn from the situation he just he just, he just kind of reveals his ignorance even more and explains to the audience us looking at it like okay this is exactly why people want to wish me dead yeah. why he's why he's number one on the chart compared to like he said a pedophile and compared to like other politicians and other people <laughs> who have done horrendous things obviously but you know we kind of like understand that it's really he was like, oh, sorry go ahead no, no, it's really not. interesting you brought up the whole freedom of speech thing because like if you take a look at all the people who had like you said the death too. I have a hard time understanding how, like, people in general, just like the general population, can put, like, someone who is a role model like Tusk, uh, somebody who, you know, like Joe Powers, and, like, a, in, like a, not an innocent, but, like, someone who is a young, young adult teenager who just did a stupid thing. Like, we've all done stupid things in that same category, you know? And, mm-hmm. like, you talk about taking away somebody else, like, 
you know, people who are using social media as freedom of speech just so this person has to die. But that's what they did with Joe Powers. You know, they she has freedom of speech as well. So like they they want they literally death to her just because she used it. Whether you agree yep. with her narrative or not, that's not the yep. issue here. Yep. Now you're bringing in the issue of freedom of speech. So it can't be like they can't cancel somebody else for using their power of freedom of speech exactly. and then get mad for their freedom of speech getting canceled. They're that's hypocrite. a hypocritical. Yeah, you, 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 yeah, exactly. You can't have it both ways. Unfortunately, you know. We, you know, of course, with technology and with bloggers, podcasters, with people in the media, you know, there's good things and bad things about it. Just like any, just like anything. It's just, it was the same thing with newspapers back then. I mean, back when newspapers were really, you know, before technology and all that. So, you know, you can't have it both ways. You can't think that, you can't always think that your way of thinking is always correct and should be accepted. But then anybody else who's a little more controversial isn't accepted and is and shouldn't be listened to. Or they should face consequences and you don't. Like, you know, obviously everyone has biases. People do shitty things, you know, people think we, everyone has had bad thoughts or controversial thoughts about something, whether we say it out loud or not, you know, so I agree hundred percent. It definitely, you know, this within up until that point right there, it's established. I think Black Mirror establishes, okay, like viewer, this should look familiar because we now have three people who have ended up, who, who have died first, who one's a politician that's hated. One's a random nobody who just did something super for likes and, and comments other ones are um a hip-hop artist celebrity. Who, who yeah who a celebrity hip-hop artist who said something mean or unfavorable all if we take all those separate cases we can probably write up a list of people that's actually happened to a specific politician a specific entertainer or let's say as or a specific nobody that well if we just reference back to a video or something like that so you know i think i think black mirror definitely you know you know, there's a, a big gut check to a lot of people, especially like people our age or people who engage yep. in this type of culture for the most part. And I think that um, when Blue, the newbie de- de- detective, discovers like the real meaning behind Death 2, which is like anyone that uses the hashtag is now targeted because you slandered someone else online, is another mind-boggling thing so it's like 387,000 people tweeted the hashtag death to and now all the bees are going to go after those people who tweeted it mm-hmm. yeah. because they that, tweeted yeah. it so it's like that was, that was the biggest like that's that was, the that biggest twist for me, for me. Yeah. that was almost my favorite part because like you know the writer she writes you know from a political standpoint that's one thing the hip-hop artist he was another thing even the politician was another thing but just i think the reason clara reed i think her name was resonated so much with me and the reason i was not happy but almost like okay you're gonna get yours is because i've seen people like cancel normal people on social media and i really want to sit there and ask them like can you honestly say in your however many years of life that you've never done something stupid or was there just not around a camera around to capture it so you mm-hmm. know it's like exactly the yeah, other exactly. three cases were something different but that clara reed one really just was like so yeah. out of pocket and it was, she was like me. a normal girl right, she was a normal girl she took a stupid picture you know like she didn't yes was it di- and to see it like was distasteful 100 percent, it was distasteful but it's really interesting because i don't think there's one person in this world that can sit there and say they've never done anything distasteful that's just they'd be they'd be lying to be quite honest you know like everybody makes a stupid mistake i agree she she made another stupid mistake by taking a picture and putting it on social media but you know it's just it's getting to the point where like people like you know 
to live their day-to-day lives and have to worry about canceled culture and like that's ridiculous yes. she's not putting herself out there like everybody she, has to right, worry she about wasn't it. a social media yeah, exactly. star she's not making money off of yeah, instagram she, or anything like that uh joe powers the the ch- chancellor and H- tusk all chose to put themselves out there in the limelight like they yep. all chose to be a, a person somebody found this random picture of her and put it online that's th- and that's where i really have a yeah. problem because like it's like gl- throwing stones from a glass house or whatever that saying is, you know? Like, and when those yeah, yeah, exactly. came for all those people, it really made me happy because, like, not happy, but, you know, it was like... Yeah, yeah it was kind of like a... It was like a... It, it was it, like... It was fitting. It made sense. Right. Yeah, like, it, it's yeah. not like a happy moment, but I totally feel what you're right. feeling. Like, it was kind of like a, ah, you guys got what you're saying like, for since you guys went on so crazy exactly. on the internet. Are you like, telling me that wishing someone death is... Wor- is not worse than doing something distasteful to a war memorial like that's okay because you're sitting yeah. behind a screen you know like it, it, it's kind of like how hypocritical can you be like you're you're clearly a terrible person if you ve- would even put that into the universe you know like like there like the people who were attacked by the bees have worked like the like the original hashtag death right. to people's words had meanings had meaning that led to their death but now the people who words towards that like had meaning as well like like my mind is still blown yeah. from that I'm still, I told, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you know it's crazy it, yeah i'm oh, sorry go ahead. no 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 i was just gonna say and it's crazy Three hundred eighty-seven thousand people were killed so it's like yeah i mean that's what kind of shocked me the most from from that part i knew i don't know why i figured like that maybe a hundred fifty thousand people a hundred thousand people maybe retweeted that or like or use a hashtag mm-hmm. but then i remember like you know hashtags are a very easy thing to to kind of spread they're just a hashtag and just one word one full set like not even a full sentence like just a full word no spaces no nothing so yeah and that's all that's pretty much like we're talking about maybe like a small city or like a very small town or something like something within like that epic proportions for the most part so it's just it's just very like self-destructive like i mean human beings like and i think like kind of like it, it comes full circle in a sense because we realize in the show and uh and the, the show does a really good good job of gut checking us too is that hum- as humans we're very self-destructive mm-hmm. this whole thing it wasn't necessarily like the bees fault like the technology that the bees were out there to be used for that wasn't a problem i didn't really have an issue with that per se it was the hacker it was it, it and you know it wasn't even a hacker either because the hacker wasn't always a hacker the hacker yeah. had to be inspired yeah. by something or obviously this guy's like you know has mental issues to, for, well, so for, because for you to kill even one person that you don't you don't even know let alone three hundred and fifty thousand people is crazy but it's kind of like okay like what started like it's kind of domino effect like what's like which one's the first piece of domino to fall yes and so that when it was, went back to his girlfriend, yeah. Yeah, and it was just also like, you know, like, it's a culture we live in. It wouldn't make, it, it just, it made too much sense of why this guy did what he did and how he executed his plan. If there's no, if the, if, if the culture, if the cancel, if cancel culture isn't there, we don't have this issue. It, th- that problem doesn't really happen like that. If the, the, the hash, the, the death to hashtag, whatever, doesn't occur, pop up, this issue doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I mean like yeah, of course like we always have to you know in society we have, we have to point at the bad guy to put all the blame yeah. on. And the whole but in, but in reality, bad people or like villains 
go through human experiences and are affected by other human beings and then the rest of the world just gets um i guess like whatever the like what like, like, like the final part of that of that equation or something you, you understand what i'm saying yeah, so, it's yeah, just, yeah. so for me it's just kind of like it's not, it's not so much the bees or it's not so much the like the hacker in, in itself it's more of like everybody else and like when you guys are saying that you guys were like not happy per se but it I felt maybe maybe like full circle like fulfilling that all the people who had reposted the hashtag had passed had died i was kind of like okay like yeah like you know what like if if you can't if you can't take if you can't dish i mean if you could dish it yeah take it yeah if you could exactly. talk if you could talk shit and if you talk shit to somebody and someone like um reciprocates back and you get mad about it you can't get mad about it you i can't get mad like let's let's say i'm trash talking michael for some reason over like basketball or something if if michael decides to trash talk me back i can't get in my feelings about that or i can't like whatever yeah. there's, there's consequences to your actions which is like overall like what i'm, what I'm trying to say for the most and, that, part. and that's made sense that, we never really spoke about that but the whole thing practically started because the hacker the guy who hacked the bees his ex-girlfriend not even his roommate was, just his roommate it was his roommate it just was his roommate. roommate not even it was his roommate, roommate. Yeah, his roommate his roommate got canceled online for something right. and he saw what it did to her he saw how it affected her career how it affected her life how it affected like her online life and like he just wasn't happy with it so i guess he wanted to turn it on all those people who did it to her and like see what what like yeah exactly what you're saying like if you can't dish it you can't take it I find his character to be very complex for two reasons, because he's kind of a double entendre in a way where, you know, he makes people, re or us watching the show, we realize that canceling someone online, especially for something, you know, if someone is affecting millions of people's lives, and there's, like I said before, a real reason, that's one thing, but literally ruining somebody's life when you can't answer for being a part of that is something that's really wrong with society nowadays. Like. I, if I was to tweet death to Michael, God forbid, you know, just saying, for example, his life <laughs> would be affected, but mine really wouldn't be for the most part. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that exactly. it really made us realize. But it also, on the other hand, when you take a look at his character, they talk about how he is going to make everyone understand this concept of consequences by forcing it onto them. And that's something that's extremely relevant in, all, in our culture today, where it's like... Um, you people are constantly forcing their narratives onto people and then punishing them for not falling in line you know so um well, i mean we touched on freedom of speech before but it's just it's it's kind of like everything has just been mashed into one giant ball of like craziness online because there's a there's a certain script you almost have to follow if you you let's say for example tweet anything else you're gonna have people coming and attacking you you know, so it's just, it's this idea that th this ideology of either a group of people or a single individual is superior to, the, to another ideology and we're going to either force it upon you or destroy you in the process. And that's really a big issue today, you know, do, and it's almost to a point of like, do we even still really have freedom of speech? You know, because you say anything online, you can get, you can get, your school could refuse your acceptance, you could get fired. You know, mm, it's like it's yes. it's getting to a point where it's really getting out of control. So right, yeah. Uh, we we just touched on before, like about schools not accepting you over stuff. Mm -hmm. There, listen. I think that um, 
that way of going about it for for schools it's for two things primarily i think it's in within good nature but it's also to protect the school's identity because of course nobody wants to be the university or institution that accepted um a racist or a homophobe or someone who's just a hateful person and doesn't say or just doesn't fall in line with things that should be technically said and all that i mean i don't know if that makes any if that makes any sense but then again like on the other hand that's gonna go around to bite a lot of people in the ass and i think in the future especially with college admit um like with, with seniors i mean um you know uh applying to colleges in the future this is definitely gonna be a huge problem because it's not just gonna be as simple as um a racist girl um is is denied from going to this certain school like that that stuff is fine you feel me like you, you know you shouldn't be you shouldn't want that type of person in your classroom in your institution whatever you shouldn't want that but it's kind of i think it's going to come down to a point where let's say someone just is vocal about a certain issue or maybe um ref says it in the wrong type of way or something or something that's, that's unfavorable when it, in reality it isn't really that bad or it doesn't really you know really merit the person getting kicked out of school not admitted but the person gets kicked out of school or not admitted anyways again it's going to come down to like we're going to start picking and choosing when it's okay to do it when it's not okay to do right. it and yep. again like, yeah so i think it's very interesting what you said before i think it's gonna be an issue moving forward especially for college for right. high school students and i think for high school students it's very weird in general because high school students I, mean, I think kids from high school down to like even kindergarten right now are in a very complex age right now obviously before they hit college they're seeing that education social media um at, you know the way people socialize with each other everything is being is being changed as they're growing up i think for us too but for us like we're, we're in our 20s so we've had a little bit yep. more of a chance to kind of like get used to high school what, what it was like when social media was kind of first coming up and before when technology was kind of like in the up and coming stages to what to like compared to what it is now so for us we're a little more like a little bit more used to it for, for kids nowadays you know it's you know they're they're gonna have, they're gonna have to have to talk with parents like hey listen like on social media don't don't say x y and z don't mention x y and z right. i don't care if you're arguing you're actually arguing for something or if you actually have like valid points just stay away from that type of, type of stuff not only because you might get canceled but because now schools might cancel you jobs yep, might exactly. cancel you that's careers it. might cancel you cancel and, culture. And really yeah and that's and that's extremely dangerous sorry yeah it's really interesting what you said before yeah, about ahead. like you know nobody but the problem is and like all right i totally agree with you but it's not illegal to be a terrible person you know what i mean like it there's a mm -hmm. difference between yeah. just being a shitty person excuse my language but um and yeah. like just you got there's like a certain point where it's like we've got to find a better way to have conversations rather than yes, just shutting any, everybody down you know what I mean? Like, only through that way will people actually change and become better people. You know? Or it could lead to robot bees killing yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> the, 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 we should the have, like, there should be, like, in the middle. Like, right. let's not get to robot bees. Let's not try to disrespect everybody and be shitty people. But at the same time, let's, like, have an open... Right. Within, like, an educational and healthy environment, let's try to have conversations to advance people's thinking mm -hmm. even if you don't agree with it or if you don't like it right. let's let's try to find yep. like a middle ground per se that way we don't that way we don't have killer bees or right. even worse we don't kill each other and all that right i think like that's the biggest problem like just our country like is facing right now is like um 
we really like need to find a, like there are clearly some terrible people in this country and like that's evident but we really need to find a way for some way like for us to like come together and have like this really great conversation that could be had yeah. and genuinely change people's you know thought process you know which some and instead of just like canceling them and them just becoming set, going more back into these things that make them a terrible person you know what i mean like being like oh i'm canceled so now i'm gonna be even worse you know like that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah. Yep, yeah exactly it's kind of like all right like i'm you know it's already went downhill from here how much more downhill can it go right like that type of thing yeah no absolutely i agree all righty so i think that wraps it up for our black mirror Hated in the Nation, Season 3, Episode 6. Episode 6. We are here with Mateo. Yes, sir. You already know. What's up? And thank you so much to our special guest, Alexandra Montemuro. Yeah, you're great. Thank you so much for having me. I really had a lot of fun. This was awesome. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, guys. We're going to see you on the last episode. I think it's the last. Is it the last episode? Um, This is our fourth or fifth one. So I believe it is our last episode before the semester Yeah, ends. so it's going to be our final episode. We're g- we haven't figured out what we're going to do yet, but we're stay tuned. Maybe a documentary, Alex. <laughs> maybe. All right. All right. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.